As has been mentioned a couple times already in announcements and even in the prayer, we are blessed to be able to be together on this very first day of a new year. What a great way to start a new year by assembling together to worship our Creator. We're glad that you're here to be a part of it, and we thank you for being present on this day. Uh, we have visitors. We're always grateful for our visitors. Please come whenever you can. And if you have questions at all, ask any questions that you might have about what we're doing here and why we're doing it. We look forward to a whole year, uh, Lord willing, when we can come together on these first days of the week to worship Him. And uh, I hope that each of us will resolve now that this will be our pattern throughout the whole new year, to be present, to worship God, to honor and glorify Him. That's our, really our purpose for existence, is to offer honor and glory to our Creator. And we're glad that we have a chance to do that today. We, and we, we pray that we can continue to serve Him faithfully throughout the year. Along that line, you know, the first of the year, New Year's Day, and, and the beginning of a new year in general, uh, sort of suggests the idea of a, of a new beginning. It's certainly a time of reflection to stop and think and consider how we have been doing and what are some of the things that we could change to maybe have a, a better new year in lots of different ways. We think about that concerning our physical health. I wonder how many diets will be begun this week as we think about that. We need to, we need to do a little differently about, uh, our eating habits and about our exercise regimen and all that sort of thing. Maybe you spend some time at, at the start of the year thinking about your finances. You know, are you saving toward retirement? Uh, are, are you making progress uh, in regards to your finances? Lots of different things. But there's no area at all that is more important uh, to reflect about and to plan concerning than our spiritual life, our faith and our service to God. And so this morning for a few minutes, as this new year begins, I want us to think about our faith. Here's something that we really need to evaluate. Spend some time reflecting on our faith and asking the question, is my faith, is my personal faith getting better? Am I growing? Or would I have to honestly say that my faith is in decline? Because that's a reality, too. So we want to talk about our faith this morning. And we start out with what may be the understatement of the day, perhaps the understatement of the year. Our faith is extremely important. That's no news to you, I hope. I'm sure it's not, in fact. Because we understand that we have to have faith in order to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so we need faith, and we have to have faith. And we, in, we, can, we need to understand that our faith is subject to change. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Before we get to that, let's make this observation too. We've got to have faith in order to please God. And in fact, everything we do is a reflection of our faith. Uh, back up a minute to he Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For they come, he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is reward of them that diligently seek it. We, we notice that this is in Hebrews chapter 11. You know Hebrews chapter 11. That's that chapter that talks about faith and what it caused people to do. And so we make this observation, every act of true obedience is an outgrowth of our faith. There in Hebrews chapter 11, we read about Abel, we read about Noah, we read about Abraham, we read about Moses. We read about a whole host of characters from the Old Testament. 
But as we pointed out so many times before, as you read down through Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about their faith, but then goes on to explain what they did. By faith they did this. By faith they did that. And so what we do, our obedience to God, is an outgrowth of our faith. And for that reason, our faith is really important. Because we're not going to do anything that we need to be doing if we don't have that strong faith. Now, the fact of the matter is our faith can change. And sadly, it's a reality that our faith could change for the worse, that we could lose faith, that our faith could be in decline. Notice just some of the things that the Scripture says can happen to your faith. In Luke chapter 22, verse 32, our faith can fail. In 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, it can, our faith can be denied. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, we can depart from the faith. In 1 Timothy 1, verse 19, our faith could become shipwrecked. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse 10 and 21, we could stray from the faith. 2 Timothy 2, verse 16, our faith can be overthrown. 1 Timothy 5, verse 11 and 12, we could cast off our faith. And Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it's possible to become even an unbeliever. We can lose our faith altogether. Now, our faith is changing. It's possible that our faith could be changing in a bad way. And all of these statements in the Scriptures, I think, indicate the possibility that we could be going in the wrong direction with our faith. Our faith could grow weaker. It could be worse. Now, the important question is, why would that sort of thing happen? If, if my faith is in decline, what's the reason why? This is, this is not something mysterious. This just doesn't happen on its own. There are actually things that contribute to a declining faith. For instance, my faith could be in decline because I failed to feed it properly as it needs to be fed. In Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, Paul was writing to some really new Christians in the city of Colossae. And he said, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and to all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Paul was praying for these young Christians. And notice he was praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. He understood this would be essential to their success. Faith is based upon knowledge. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says. And so if we don't feed our faith, if we don't keep supplying it with the knowledge in the word of God that builds faith, then our faith will go into decline. And that's why we stress, for instance, the need to study the Scriptures. That's why we have an organized uh, program of Bible study here in the local congregation. We have Bible classes. We have them geared to different age groups even. Because we understand the, the, the necessity of building knowledge and therefore faith that's based upon that knowledge. But you know, if the only study of the Bible you ever get is when you come here, that's not going to be nearly enough. Now, th these times of Bible study, when we do come together, are designed to be an aid and a help. But if that's all you're getting, you're on the verge of starving to death. This is not going to be enough. You need to engage in private study. 
That's why for a number of years now, 15 years, Arthur, I think, we've been printing a, a Bible reading calendar. That's, we're not saying that the Bible reading calendar is the be-all and end-all, but it's intended as an aid to help you put emphasis on private Bible study and reading. Because you've got to have this knowledge. And if you're not feeding your faith with knowledge from the Word of God, you're going to starve to death. Let me make this statement and see if you would agree from your own experience. I have never known a serious Bible student who had a weakening faith. Think about that now. I'm not saying there couldn't be an exception to that, but my experience, my guess is your experience too, is somebody who's really a serious student of the Bible. Spent lots of time in the Scripture, reading, studying, comprehending. I've never known somebody who was really devoting himself or herself to Bible study, and the result of that was that their faith grew weaker. That doesn't happen, does it? As we devote ourselves to acquiring greater knowledge of the Word of God and His will, our faith grows. We're feeding our faith. So if your faith is changing for the worse, it could be because you're not spending enough time feeding your faith with knowledge from His Word. It might also be that your faith grows weaker because you're not adding to it. I suppose there's a temptation for somebody to say, I have faith. I have faith. Isn't that enough? And the answer to it is no. Just having faith is not enough. Uh, faith is the basis upon which we build lots of other things. And if we're not building upon our faith, if we're not adding to our faith, then we're not getting where we need to be. In the text that Joel read for us earlier, we know very well, Second Peter chapter 1, beginning verse 5, Peter there speaks of the so-called Christian virtues. Uh, read them again. Besides all this, uh, and besides this, giving all diligence, notice, add to your faith. So you've got faith. What do you do? That's enough? No, you've got to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience uh, godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. Notice, you've got to add to your faith. You say you have faith? Are you adding to it? Are you increasing? Are you doing better in areas like, for instance, temperance? We don't use the word temperance too much, but we would use the expression self-control. You say you have faith? Do you manifest self-control? Are you, are you better able to control yourself in lots of different ways? Uh, notice that we're supposed to add brotherly kindness. We're to add that to our faith. Uh, uh, are you angry and mean-spirited, hateful, uh, judgmental? Uh, or or do you, are you manifesting increased brotherly kindness? You've got to add to your faith. If you're not adding to your faith, then you're going in the wrong direction. Notice, Peter says, If ye do these things, ye shall never fall. What's the implication, though? If you do these things, you should never fall. What if you don't do these things? If you don't add to your faith, as is taught in this text, you're going to fall, right? You will fall if you are not adding to your faith. So is your faith declining or growing? We're, we're thinking here at the first of the year is a good time to spend 
in reflection. Where am I? How do I stand? Am I getting better or am I getting worse? Is my faith growing or declining? If my faith is declining, it may be because I haven't been working to add to it. Maybe I haven't exercised my faith like I should. Did you ever see, or maybe you even personally knew, of a bodybuilder? You know, one of those guys who spends lots of time lifting weights. I mean, they can really bulk up. They can get enormous mass of muscle. Do you ever see one who stopped doing that? They just become a, a, a flabby mess. If they stop exercising, and they lose all that muscle mass. It's a bad thing, right? You've got to keep exercising if you're going to maintain that. Well, that's probably a pretty fair picture of the way we ought to view our faith. We've got to keep exercising our faith. Because if we don't, we're definitely going to go in the wrong direction. In Luke chapter 17, beginning verse 5, notice the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now stop there for a minute. These are the apostles, right? Didn't they already have faith? Well, sure they had faith. They had actually, uh, here, as, as you well into the book of Luke, there are all a number of miracles that they had personally witnessed that Jesus had performed. They were men of faith. But they said, increase our faith. Well, what did Jesus do? Well, Jesus proceeded to talk about working. How do you increase your faith? Well, he says, he goes on to say, which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him, by and by, when, the, when he has come in from the field, go and sit down to meat. And will not rather say to him, make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk it. And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. I think it's real interesting that in the context of the apostles saying, Lord, increase our faith, he talked to them about being busy and working. So what do we take away from that? Well, we take away from that that if we're not busy and working, then our faith is not increasing. Sadly, all of us have known over the years Christians who fell away and maybe quit serving God altogether. Uh, I, I wouldn't even want to try to start composing a, a list of people that I've known, and maybe you could do the same thing. But we don't want to do that, because that's really a, that would be a sad thing, for sure, to write a list of the names of people that you knew who completely fell away. Let me ask you a question. Those people who fell away, were they real active in the service of the Lord, and then they just suddenly fell away? That doesn't happen, does it? When we're busy, when we're active, when we're exercising our faith, when we're working, our faith is growing and getting stronger. It's not declining. And so I suggest to you that if our faith is declining, it may be because we're not working enough. We're not exercising our faith. And let me also suggest your faith could be getting worse simply because you're not paying attention to it. You're not evaluating one of the things that we do with our physical health is that we we go to the doctor, uh, we get diagnosed if we think there's something wrong, and maybe even we just go for a regular checkup, you know, get an annual exam, 
Uh, let them measure our health. How are we doing? And so forth. That's all good. Uh, but spiritually, we need the same thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. We need, to, we need to do this spiritual examination. We need to check on our faith and see how we're doing. What would be some of the tests that we would apply? If, if you're going to do, go back to that verse again. If you're going to examine yourself, whether you be in the faith, and if you're going to prove your own self, what would be some of that examination? What would be some of the principles you'd want to consider? Well, let me suggest a few. Do you tolerate things that you didn't before? That'd be worth asking, right? Um, what about different elements of immorality? Uh, are, are you are you more tolerant of different forms of immorality than maybe you were in the past? Maybe something specific like immodesty. Are, are you more tolerant of immodesty in yourself or in others than you would have used to have been? Uh, are you more tolerant of unfaithfulness in attending the worship service than you used to have been in yourself or in someone else? Are you more tolerant of things that you wouldn't have allowed before? Are you not bothered by sin like you used to be? Can you see sinful things? Uh, and, and, and maybe not necessarily that you would engage in those things, but you view them. Maybe even are entertained by them. You know, we're really challenged by our entertainment media. TV, movies, the Internet. Uh, do we allow ourselves to watch things uh, and then even be entertained by things that should not entertain us? Are we not bothered by sin anymore? If we're not bothered by sin anymore, maybe that's a, 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 a red flag for us. We, we should say, maybe my faith is not growing maybe it's declining because now i tolerate things i wouldn't have tolerated before i even enjoy things that i wouldn't have enjoyed before are you bored with bible study we were talking earlier about the need to feed our faith by studying the word but oh man i gotta tell you that's just so boring to me you know bible classes are boring reading my bible is boring you feel that way if you feel that way that's a bad sign uh, you're doing a self-examination here and you find out that you're actually bored with the inspired Word of God, that's a big warning sign. You need to make immediate changes. Uh, is it hard to be motivated to do spiritual things? Here's a pretty good test, I think. Is it hard for you to get motivated about doing spiritual things? You know, the fact of the matter is, that we are excited to do things that are really important to us. We're excited to do things that we enjoy doing, right? And so, uh, if you like to go fishing, if you like to go hunting, if you like to go camping, if you like to go play golf, if you like to uh, do some exotic cooking, if you like to travel, you get excited about those things, right? You're excited about things that you really enjoy doing, and you'll go to a lot of trouble so that you can engage in those activities, right? I know some of you fellows who like to hunt because I have sat out there with you before in freezing temperatures when it was absolutely miserable to do it. But we did it anyway because we were excited about that. We enjoyed that, right? 
is it hard to get you motivated to do spiritual things? You, you could be motivated to do other Can you be motivated to do spiritual If you can't, then maybe your faith is in serious decline. Have you lost your hunger for spiritual things? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed is he that doth hunger and thirst after righteousness. We need to be hungry and thirsty, starving, to death, like a starving man, like a man dying of thirst. That needs to be our desire for the righteousness of God. If you have lost your hunger for spiritual things, it's probably a sure sign that your faith is in decline. So, what's our point here? You've got to have faith. Our faith is evidenced in our obedience, but our faith can be in decline. It could happen for lots of reasons. But what we know should happen is that our faith should be growing and getting stronger. That's what we've got to want. And as this new year begins, as we evaluate ourselves, as we spend a little time in personal reflection about where we are and where we're headed, let's make plans to grow our faith in this new year. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul said, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because, notice, your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. The church at Thessalonica appears to have been one of the pretty good congregations of God's people in that first century time frame. Among those churches that Paul had worked with, he had lots of positive things to say for the church at Thessalonica. But I want to tell you, I, I seriously doubt that anything more positive could be said than your faith groweth exceedingly. That'd be a wonderful thing if that could be said about us as a congregation of people. Your faith groweth exceedingly. That'd be a great thing if that could be said about me personally or you personally. Your faith groweth exceedingly. Is it an accurate description? Does it apply to us as a collective whole? Does it apply to each of us individually? Your faith groweth exceedingly. It needs to be so. Now this... Faith is one of those things that we never can say, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm maxed out on that. No, you're not going to max out on it. For every one of us, no matter how long we've been a Christian or, or no matter what we've done in the past, we need to be striving to increase and grow exceedingly in our faith. We need to keep growing. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus was approached by a man with an afflicted child uh, and Jesus promised him. Jesus said to him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And that needs to be our expression. Uh, we believe. I don't think you'd be here this morning if you weren't already a believer. I think your very presence, this is a holiday after all. You could be doing other things. I think your very presence on this day is an indication of the fact that you already have faith, that you believe already. Good. But our desire needs to be to overcome all elements of unbelief. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I believe. Help me grow my faith and be stronger and stronger in service to the Lord. And so, on this New Year's Day, let us evaluate ourselves. Where are we? And... And which direction is our faith going? Are we increasing it or are we decreasing? The reality is we don't just stay in one place. We go up or down. Our faith grows or declines. Is your faith 
declining or growing on this day. And as we reflect on where we are, then we need to make plans so that in this new year, by the end of this year, we will say, my faith is stronger than it was before. Think about that, and I hope that our thoughts will be encouragement to us all as we begin this new year. We're going to sing a song of invitation. We ask you, where do you stand? How is your faith? Christian, is your faith strong? Or would you have to admit that you've been negligent, you've fallen back, and you haven't been what the Lord expects you to be, and you maybe even have committed some sins that need to be publicly confessed? If that's the case, or if you need the prayers of the saints, let us know how we can serve you. We'd be glad to assist. We'd also ask those of you who are not yet Christians, if you would make that commitment to obey the simple gospel plan of salvation. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. If we can assist you in any way, let us know while we stand and sing.